Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Are good. So welcome in everybody. It is the Huddle Up Podcast presented as always by Mile High Huddle and powered by Blue Wire Podcast. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, with me, my fellow football priest, who you know, who you love, Zach Kelberman. Zach, we've had a heavyweight battle of sadness as New York Giants head coach Joe Judge kind of threw some shade. It was kind of a classless move at uh, Pat Shermer basically on his way out the door. We can read the quote, but what was your reaction to take everything else aside from what we know about Pat Shermer's time in Denver, just the coach kind of looking for, I guess, kind of a scapegoat on his way out the door? Maybe. I, I thought I read, though, that uh, Judge might be coming back next year. So he could be trying to save his own hide. Uh, that's certainly possible. My true thoughts about this are not politically correct, so I can't air them on the podcast, Chad. I think it's pretty sad, though, like you mentioned, you use that term. I think it fits. When Joe Judge, a more embattled head coach than even Vic Fangio, was calling out the previous head coach in Pat Shermer, but what he's saying here is that they didn't play hard enough and they gave up. Well, based on what we saw the last couple of years in a Pat Shermer offense, I think Joe Judge is onto something there. And I think it's a repeating pattern because Pat Shermer himself, either with his personality or his play calling, does not inspire energy, creativity, life, nothing. So I'm willing to take Judge's side on this one. I can't defend Pat Shermer. Well, I talked to a uh, bona fide giant source and... Um unless there's been like brand new reporting that I've missed, everyone there expects there to be head coach and, of course, a GM change. Word on the street, Gettleman, of course, is going to retire. But it's classless. Here's what he said, guys. If you're wondering, what the Sam Hill did this Joe Judge say? Quote, this is after, by the way, the Chicago Bears lambasted the Giants to the tune of 29-3. to Quote, when I came here and I sat down with all the players – now, this is Judge reminiscing to when he first took the job in January of 2020. Quote, when I came here and I sat down with all the players, I wanted to know what it was like in here, what we had to change from their mouths, all right, to a man. Every player looked me in the eye and said, Joe, it's not a team. They don't play hard. We're out of the playoffs. Everybody quit. Everybody tapped. They stopped showing up to captain's meetings, all that stuff, right? They tapped out, okay? And then, close quote. Pat Shermer today when asked about it, quote, I obviously that's not an accurate assessment, but beyond that, I have no comment. So Shermer took the relative <laughs> high road, I guess you could say. But uh, Joe Judge, he just doesn't seem like the kind of guy you want captaining the ship. You know, like worst case, like in Vic's, you know, Vic it has taken it to the logical extreme a captain being willing to go down with the ship. But at a certain point, 
as a head coach, you got to stand up and say, look, buck stops with me. Crap rolls downhill and I'm at the top of the hill. This is on me not trying to blame a previous regime and, and making things up to a man. I mean, that's an absolute, right? To a man. That means everybody. I don't believe that for a second. Although, you know, I'm sure there were guys that kind of gave up the ghost, Zach. But the empirical evidence would suggest Shermer's more correct on this than Judge because in Shermer's final season, they won two of their last three. That doesn't sound like, to me, a team that gave up the ghost completely. I think Judge is a poor head coach like I think Pat Shermer is a poor offensive coordinator. But even that answer just seemed, what's the word, lazy. I mean, he had to even correct himself mid-sentence. He offered no comment. There's no real backbone to Pat Shermer. You know, Pat Shermer is a nice guy that opens his house to you and hosts a party. He ends up nodding off on the couch mid-party. That's (laughs) Pat Shermer. And it's okay. There's a place in society for that, but it doesn't inspire a life in creativity and, and forward progress in an organization. And I think based on the two years of the Broncos offense we've seen under Pat Shermer, I mean, it's just so vanilla. And I think that takes on, we always talk about the personality, uh, the complexity of its leader, and that would be Pat Shermer. It's just, there's nothing there. Listen up, Broncos country. Tick Pick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Huddle Up podcast and the Blue Wire Network. Denver Broncos football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Broncos tickets anymore. Because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site take pick will give you 110 percent of the difference in the purchase price that's right guys when we were searching for tickets for the mhh meet and greet for week three at home broncos versus jets tick pick had us locked down so visit tickpick.com slash huddle today and use the promo code huddle to save ten dollars on your first order of broncos tickets yes indeed some uh more relevant news it's fun to talk about stuff like that um, actually, before I turn the page, one last thing I wanted to say on this is Bronco fans, even though almost uh, talk about to a man, almost all of Broncos country, men, women, everything in between are counting the seconds when Pat Shermer gets handed the uh, pink slip, but they still can't help but kind of, you know, you it's in your nature to kind of close ranks around one of your own. But it's unfortunate in this case, it makes it difficult to do so, Zach, because the Broncos lost moral high ground when Vic Fangio insulted John Harbaugh after the week four loss and the entire Baltimore Ravens organization, right? In a like highly publicized, high profile case of sour grapes. I mean, yeah. I mean, to get on your soapbox after getting thoroughly whipped by the Baltimore Ravens and preaching player safety, then a few weeks later, marching Teddy Bridgewater out there when he can barely walk. I mean, Vic Fangio himself is a walking contradiction, Chad, and that's his own uh, downfall as well. He can't lead. He can't inspire. It's always somebody else's fault with people like Vic Fangio and Pat Shermer, and those are the type of people that don't uh, deserve to be leading organizations, especially multi-billion dollar ones like the Broncos. Wade Campbell, appreciate you, my friend. Um, thanks for those uh, for the super chat, my brother. He says, I know it's fantasy, but I'd love to see 
Peyton Manning, the smartest QB ever under a new coaching staff as QB's coach to cultivate Locke. Also, I hear Wade Phillips is unretiring. I'd love to see him compose this defense and unleash it in 22. Yeah, it's, it is fantasy, and <clears throat> sounds like, Wade, you completely acknowledge and recognize that. It would be cool to see what kind of magic Peyton Manning could work on a young quarterback picket. You know, whether it's Drew Locke or anybody else, you got to think that um, that's something that could turn out some good results. But Peyton Manning is never going to take the field as a head coach. And I, I usually, Zach, stray away from using absolutes, but why would Peyton Manning, who's made hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars, suffered through multiple neck surgeries and risks to his well-being, five-time NFL MVP, been to the top of the mountain twice, all that stuff, he finally lets the grind go away. Why do you go back to the grind for pennies on the dollar? Pennies on the dollar. You know, it's a different thing than, say, you know, and this was quite publicized lately, Zach, with the passing of John Madden. You know, he retired after he got to the top of the mountain. He kind of pulled an Elway in many, you know, in a, in a way where – won a Super Bowl for the Raiders, they realized he'd kind of lost all the juice, retired. And when he retired, Zach, he vowed, I will never coach football again. And he never did. Came back to the game by virtue of being a media guy. That, I think, Zach, is the closest thing that could approximate Peyton, unless he were to take up ownership or, I guess, personnel at some point. I mean, you're 100% spot on, and it's it's fantasy thinking about him as a head coach. But what, what Wade says here is Peyton Manning as quarterback's coach. And that's yeah. definitely not a, a no-go no. for Peyton. Why would he do that? He has plenty of money. He's an NFL legend. He's reached the football mountaintop multiple times. Um, he, I don't think he'd want to tarnish his legacy or, or waste the time, honestly, and the energy to be a quarterback's coach. I think, like we've been saying for so long here about Peyton Manning, let go of the idea of offensive coordinator, of head coach, even general manager. It's owner or nothing for Peyton, and even that might be a stretch. Yeah, and the notion of Wade coming back, you know, hey, if John Elway really is going out the door, then uh, who knows? Maybe that next head coach that comes in to replace Vic Fangio might be able to, uh, you know, recruit Wade back to mile high, but that's another one of those long shots. Miguel, what's going on, big dog? Appreciate you. He says, what's up, fellas? T-minus five days and counting. Here comes the big bad boot. Boot. Yeah, boot him out of town. Yeah, it's coming. It'll be here before you know it. And I think there's no getting around it, Zach, for, for Vic Fangio. Yeah, these boots ain't made for walking. They're made for firing. And I hope George Payton just cleans house. There is some speculation out there. It seems like from what I can gather right now, Chad, it's January 5th, 630 Mountain Time. Pat Shermer, Tom McMahon, definitely gone. Vic Fangio is up in the air. There's no decision and everything uh, that's come out still suggests that his working relationship with George Payton is super solid. If they eke out a victory over Kansas City on Sunday, I... I don't want it, of course, but I wouldn't be surprised if Vic Fangio hung around with some major changes to his coaching staff. I would be very surprised. And I think, in fact, uh, Eric Trickle was onto something here. You know how I like to kind of get Freudian at times and uh, kind of try to psychoanalyze situations. Not really, but to a certain extent. And as we learned during the CBS Sports broadcast of Broncos uh, Chargers this past Sunday, Vic Fangio put up on the whiteboard during team meetings, created a new locker room mantra, basically, Zach, which is nothing to lose. 
Eric Trickle's theory is that nothing to lose mantra, this new philosophy, even though the Broncos technically, when he put this up on the board and started espousing it, had something to lose. It was a long shot making the playoffs, but they were still mathematically alive if they won both their games. And of course, they would have needed a little bit of help, but they did have some stakes. Maybe you don't put that up on the whiteboard unless you've been told privately, Zach, hey, Vic, just so you know, you're not coming back. Or maybe Vic just reads that, you know, um, smells it in the water like a blood, like like a shark with blood or, you know, can sense it in the wind. Or again, maybe he's been directly told that. I think it's an intriguing theory. Go read Trickle's article. I, I, what is it? Occam's razor. The, the most logical yep. outcome is usually the, the right one. Well, Vic Fangio has proven to be incompetent. So him really not knowing or not interpreting the message or trying a last-ditch effort that failed, that would be the most Vic Fangio-like outcome. And if that's really the best he can do, by the way, that mantra, nothing to lose, how original. A little mm-hmm. late, Vic, in the season for that. You know, you think you'd say that after 3-0 and when you, you were actually had some wiggle room to talk and brag a little bit, but it's him just flailing in the water because that's what he's done on the sidelines, Chad. He's proven to be an ineffective, inept, over-his-head, clueless head coach, and He's gotten worse and worse and worse, I think, through the media and what he's trying to convey what a leader of men should be. It's the opposite of Vic, if anything. I like this from Scott. More like the wounded tuna in the water waiting for the sharks. Yes, indeed. Guys, real quick, let's turn the page, uh, and then we'll get to catch up on some supers and comments and and whatnot in the chat. The Denver Broncos, at least, Zach, are going to have as many of their horses as possible in the season finale. Make it make for at least an entertaining loss to the Kansas city chiefs today wow. on uh, Wednesday, the Broncos active activated uh, a whole slew of dudes that were put on the CV reserve list last week. McTelvin, Ajeem, Baron Browning, Bryce Callahan, Bradley Chubb, Jonathan Cooper, Mike Ford, Jerry, Judy, Bobby Massey, Tim Patrick, Mike Purcell, Caden Stearns, Stephen Weatherly. And then Zach on injured reserve. You had the story for us at milehighhuddle.com. Teddy Bridgewater hit the bricks. Kareem Jackson hit the bricks. And then even Dalton Reisner placed on injured reserve, which we learned from Vic this week that even if this wasn't the season finale, he'd probably be going on short-term IR because he would be missing three weeks at a minimum with that injury. It's a little foreshadowing on my part, but these are three players that could be replaced this coming offseason. We know at quarterback, Teddy's not coming back. Reisner could be upgraded on, and they already have – in my opinion, an upgrade on Kareem Jackson in uh, Caden Stearns and maybe even Jamar Johnson. So uh, nothing really surprising there in terms of the IR, but they're going to be, like you said, mostly healthy for an entertaining loss against Kansas City to close out the season and hopefully the Vic Fangio tenure. The Duchess of MHH herself, Michaela Parker, in the house with a very generous super chat. Thank you, my friend. She says, Pat Shermer is like that kid in school that doesn't study and tries to cheat but cheats badly. LOL. Yeah, I mean, I ne- I wouldn't necessarily call him a cheater, but he's definitely incompetent. I mean, I don't know what else to say. That whole 2017 uh, AP assistant coach of the year run that he had with Case Keenum, that was just one of those legendary seasons, you know, and, and uh, kind of like the Tebow year that got Mike McCoy uh nice head coaching gig that lasted a lot longer than it probably should have, by the way, for Mike McCoy came back to Denver that first year with VJ. He was unceremoniously dumped less than halfway through the season. He was so bad and exposed as the fraud that he was. Tim Tebow got that dude paid. So did, I guess, 
Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning, he was there at McCoy for Manning's first year, but I digress. What's up, Colby? Good to see you, buddy. Thank you. He says, hello from a snow day in Wyoming. Good to see you, buddy. See, to me, though, Pat Shermer isn't the guy that's badly cheating. He's the guy that's letting others copying off him. But those people never sat at the cool kids' table, Chad. So that's always been Pat Sherber to me. A nice guy, but kind of taken advantage of and just kind of just vanilla, you know? What we call him Saltine Shermer. I think that fits pretty well. <laughs> Saltine Shermer. I like that. Pat Saltine Shermer. Um, there was a comment in there. By the way, we'll grab Silent One. Um, and then I want to address, I think it was Todd Ostendorf talking about Jim Harbaugh. Roughing the passer is uh, asking about it. We'll get to that here in a sec. First, yeah. Silent One. Newer name. Welcome. Thank you. Appreciate you. RIP to another Broncos coach. Yes, indeed. Former defensive coordinator for the back-to-back world champion Broncos, Greg Robinson, did pass away today at the age of 70. Of course, all of Broncos country mourns that loss. And, you know, he's not a name, Zach. It's kind of weird because that, you know, repeating Denver Broncos champion was known for all of its offensive kind of stars. And so many of them have landed in the hall, right? Elway, Shannon Sharp. Uh, Terrell Davis, Gary Zimmerman. So the focus has always kind of been on that side. but And now on defense, Steve Atwater. The defense was underrated. The Broncos don't go. Let me put it to you this way. Yes, you had Terrell Davis like wrecking shop in the playoffs in 97 in particular. But the Broncos don't go from being a wild card and having to play three playoff games before they even get to the Super Bowl, Zach, without a legit lockdown, physical, smothering, predatory defense, which is what Greg Robinson put together for Mike Shanahan. They came back, defended that title with a plum. So he deserves some mad love and respect. And of course, thoughts and prayers to his family. It's it's terrible. But apparently uh, I read natural causes, I think is what I understand. But yes, RIP. You know, even going back to Mr. B, the, the line of, of passings in, in Broncos country lore lately, you know, DT, Dan Reeves, and now Napper, yeah, even him. It's 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 been a really, um, I don't know, sullen, morbid five years in Broncos mm-hmm. country, and I really hope that good times and bright times are ahead. Let's real quick touch on this <clears throat> subject because it's not going to be the last time Zach we're we're going to have to address this because word on the street from both the NFL and from Michigan, Jim Harbaugh, according to Bruce Feldman of the Athletic might be tempted to leave the Wolverines to return to the NFL. And this is, of course, from the Spun, um, who is uh, in the Sports Illustrated family. Um, What's your reaction? What's your thoughts? Because this was, real quick, let me just set the stage on this. Jim Harbaugh to Denver was something that uh, people kind of fantasized about and was very possible because of the Stanford connection between him and Elway didn't happen he ended up going and of course taking the Niners job and the Broncos hired John Fox but this could be a chance for John Elway to rectify that could he kind of shake things up I'm talking Harbaugh get out of the I'm your dad recruiting mindset you know where you're controlling kids fresh out of high school to grown men families careers millions of dollars and whatnot he had a good run in San Francisco I mean I don't want to dismiss him like he's a complete schlub I just think that his uh, his time in San Francisco might have been aided by what Colin Kaepernick was doing to the NFL. Um, I also agree with what Scott and Nick were saying on their pod yesterday that this could be a a 
a ploy on fan on Fangio's part, Harbaugh's part to gain more money. Like Scott said here, I mean, he just took his team to the playoffs with Michigan. I mean, they're doing what they've done under him, what they haven't done in however many years. I'm not, you know, super heavy into college football. Um, I, I just, I, I think it's more of just a, you put it out there, you, you leak it intentionally, see what happens. If you can gain some more money out of it, great. If not, uh, you know, you're, you're in a good position anyway. I just don't think that would work. And I, the rumor that I want to further here from Woody Page, what he passed along, was that if Harbaugh came to the Broncos as head coach, he'd bring in his D.C., Vic Fangio, who he knew and worked together with previous in their careers. I could not imagine a worse personality pairing than Jim Harbaugh and Vic Fangio. That would never work, I think. I think there are, even if it were 100% true, I think there are better options. Again, you'd be looking at the retread component here. And there are a few retread options on the table, which we've discussed on this podcast from Doug Peterson to Dan Quinn. And if this were true, you'd throw Jim Harbaugh into that. But Zach, two of those guys have something in common, and that is they're offensive guys. They're offensive guys. Real quick, Robbie Nunn's jumping in, a.k.a. Nunzi, with a very generous super chat. Good to see you, you, bro. Glad to connect with you also on Facebook and always uh, love hearing from where everybody's at, you know, where they're from, what they do, their families, things like that. So, you know, if we're connected, by all means, always feel free to reach out. And um, if we're not the most responsive in terms of maintaining a conversation in these DMs, just try to understand that we're juggling a lot of things. Okay. Uh, Nunzi says, how can Peyton sell the fan base on bringing Fangio back? I just don't see how he can. Let's get that young, offensive-minded head coach and roll. I don't think he could because you'd have to get Aaron Rodgers first before you could even possibly ameliorate Broncos country on this topic. No way. And it doesn't work that way. <clears throat> you know, you have to go through a head coaching hire cycle long before there's going to be an opportunity to even buy for Aaron Rodgers. And I think that would be the only thing that could get Broncos country to kind of be like, all right, we'll give it a chance with Fangio again. It ain't happening. But even then, there'd be, a, I think, a cap to what the Broncos can truly accomplish under Vic Fangio, even with Aaron Rodgers. Because when you have a head coach that doesn't watch the offense, that's bad enough. But let's say if you have Aaron Rodgers and you don't challenge a play or challenge a play incorrectly, you don't use a timeout or use a timeout incorrectly, that can swing the, the momentum and result of the game, as we've seen. I don't see any way that Peyton can sell the fan base. There's going to be empty seats if he brings back Vic Fangio. And, you know, I wanted to, I feel like I didn't express my Jim Harbaugh thoughts all that clearly. My number one criteria, Chad, if or when the Broncos pick their next head coach is, can you develop a quarterback? That's number one. The, the, the best guy at doing that should be the next Broncos head coach among the candidates they're interested in. Whether it's Doug Peterson, whether it's Kellen Moore, Nathaniel Hackett, or if they think Jim Harbaugh is that guy, whoever can unlock the next franchise quarterback in Denver deserves to be the one that carries the title. Well said. Nunzi, thank you, my friend. Really appreciate you. Miguel says, did y'all see that Albert Breer, I think is what you're saying, uh, said about the Mannings? not taking pay cuts in hopes to buy a franchise. I didn't see that, no. No. Zach, do you know what he's talking about? I, I saw the tweet. I didn't read the story. So we'll uh we'll pick up on that tonight for tomorrow's podcast. Yeah, we'll circle we'll circle back on that. But uh appreciate the assist on that, Miguel. Um all right, let me see here. I want to see what's going on in the chat. Jacob Foster, thank you for those stars, big dog. 
Speaking of stars, let's do an update. We're five days in to the month of January 2022, and our goal of reaching 250,000 stars on Facebook, we're at 8%. When we reach that goal, we are going to raffle off a Broncos jersey of the winner's choosing. You say you want Justin Simmons, done. You want Pat Sertan, done. Bradley Chubb, done. The only people in the running for that raffle are, of course, those who contribute to the goal. And here's the folks who are going to have the most tickets in the hat as of right now. And that's Miguel at the top, Shane Daniels, Travis Weber, Andrew Baker, Travis Tarbox, Jermaine right up there at six, Peter Middleton, seven, Doug Raquel, eight, Mike Ronquillo, nine, and Mike Reno, 10. And then just a few of the names outside the top 10, but uh, from 13 up, everyone's already, uh, the 500 is the qualifying to get at least one ticket in the hat. Lawrence is in, George is in, Colby's in, etc. So appreciate you guys. Thank you. Um, okay. Let me take a look here. Mr. Stu Meat in the hizzy. Long time super chat superstar, bona fide superstar here at MHH. I don't know what the sticker is. Uh, Acid also, Hippo. Gotta be. Gotta be Acid Hippo. But it's great to see you, bro. It's been a minute. It's been a minute. We're, we're stoked to have you back. And thank you for the support. Uh, Shane Mapes says, hey, guys, thanks for coming in. Will the coaches and players show up Saturday? Zach, it's a good question. What version of the Broncos do you expect to see on Saturday? Well, first of all, I think I already messed up. It said Sunday. Someone pointed that out. I I, I really don't care. And I'm going to just echo what I've been saying and what Scott's been echoing as well on his podcast. Does it really matter? No. I, whether the coaches show up or not, hopefully the end result doesn't change and Peyton has his mind made up that he wants to clean house and get a new head coach and coaching staff in the building. How could we ever know, though, Chad? Even if the Broncos had the playoffs on the line, what team was ever going to show up on any given week? It could have been a team that blew out the opponent or got blown out by the opponent. That's been the hallmark of the Vic Fangio era. Consistently inconsistent. So we don't really know, but I don't really care. Yeah. Um, Period. Good to see you, Travis. Uh, Tarbox saying, Evening Priest, Broncos Country, watching the show as always. We do appreciate that. Uh, Albert Knopper says it looked like Tom McMahon finally got a backbone. He took accountability during Thursday's or Wednesday's presser uh, that he's very bad in coaching. <laughs> um, let me let me kind of skim through some of his remarks because I only partly well, listened to can, him today. Can, can I be the curmudgeon guy? I, I, he says this every single week, and I even predicted it after they gave up the kick return touchdown on Sunday. It's on me. He says it literally every single week, and it's not his fault that he hasn't been fired, but hey, Tom, I don't want to hear it's on you. How about fixing the problem instead of just talking about it? Be about it. That's another earmark of the Fangio era. It's all talk and no action. What he specifically said, if it matters to you, quote, it shouldn't have any effects right. And bottom line is, I've got to do a better job of getting these guys to see that look, talking about the returns against the Chargers, recognize that look, shed tackle, and make plays. We can't put our football team in that situation, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, it's just more uh, coaching, co butt-covering jargon. It's pseudo-accountability. It's not real accountability. And we've even see, seen Fangio earlier in the year at a couple of points. It's a soft kind of passive way of, taking responsibility or showing accountability by saying a whole big thing about this over there, like pointing to player execution, pointing to what the opponent did, you know, they got our goat type situation. And then almost in passing at the very end. And uh, 
and you know we got to do a better job coaching. And you're like, oh, what, what? What was that, Vic? Something about you got to do a better job coaching. It's always like the last thing he says, and it's very, it's after he's already um, pointed to multiple other reasons or factors or excuses for the uh, foibles. See, I don't really think it's covering his behind. I think it's exposing his behind because when you're up there every single week saying it's on me, you're saying, hey, I can't coach. I'm bad at my job. And that's what Tom McMahon is saying. But it's not on him, again, that Vic Fangio never took action. Tom McMahon should have been fired at least a year and a half ago. I would keep collecting the paycheck too, but I don't want to hear how it's on you. Right now, accountability in Week 18 with the Broncos eliminated from the playoffs for the sixth year in a row, that means nothing to me. They had their chance to be about it, and they weren't. All they did was talk about it. Mike says, uh, remember the line from Shanahan to Greg Robinson in the Super Bowl on Favre's last drive? Just do what you do. Loved him as a DC. Yeah, man. You know, he was uh, a big part of those world champions, um, Broncos squads breaking the ice for the franchise and, uh, Tarbox mm-hmm. saying, sorry to hear about the passing of Greg Robinson back to back world Super Bowl winning defensive coordinator. Yeah. It's a bummer, man. Tired of this. You know, and the, the, those of you who are my age or older, Nico, thank you, buddy. Appreciate you. Uh, you, you learn that the older you get, the more people around you uh, pass away and it's not always people in, in your personal life though often can be, but just people in the world, the older you get, the more you live to see people, um, you know, pass away. So Peter Middleton, what's the argument for having a defensive minded head coach after having two failed defensive minded head coaches? So Zach, let me steel man this argument. Okay. Let me try and pitch why the Broncos should make it a defensive minded coach. First and foremost, there's only really one thing I could think of strategically, and that is with the proliferation of potent, high-powered offenses in the modern NFL, you need the uh, defensive philosophy to counter that somehow. That's it. That's all I got. That's literally all I've got right now. That's it. That's a tweet. That's that's basically what you're saying there. And... um... You know, the only thing I can think of is that on paper, the Broncos have a playoff caliber defense, if not better, but I don't think Vic Fangio gets all the juice out of the squeeze, so to speak, with them. Players like Simmons and Draymond Jones and Shelby Harris and the quarterbacks they have, Patrick Sertan, this should be a defense, even though they rank number one in scoring or did, they're so bad in other categories like takeaways, sacks, interceptions. A defensive-minded guy, maybe like Dan Quinn, for example, can get more out of the defense, and maybe they can win a few more games, but it's an offensive league. It's an offensive error, and that's something that Fangio and Pat Shermer do not understand, and that's why they're in the situation that they're in right now. So it's got to be an offensive guy. has to. I love this from Colin Wood. Nothing to lose from the guy that punts with four minutes to go in the Raiders game, and then he says, should be born to lose up on the whiteboard. Yes, indeed. Um I'm racking my brain right now, Zach, and you tell me outside of Bill Belichick, who is a unicorn, right? Who is the last defensive-minded head coach to win a Super Bowl? Tomlin. Probably Tomlin. And I'm trying to think. Let's go just real quick. Dan Quinn got close, but no cigar. Pete Carroll, 2013. Ah. They're peppered in there, right? They're the exception, not the rule. 
Mile High Kid again. What's up, big dog? Greg Roman with Malik Willis. How would you guys feel about that? P.S. I'm a guy yeah, from the other night. Thanks, buddy. I figured, you know, the demographics on we, although we have a lot of great ladies in the MHH community, the analytics show us that, you know, 99% of people that listen to this podcast are male. Uh, so usually when we hedge that it's probably a dude, you know, nine times out of 10, we're going to be right. But thank you for that clarification. Zach, your thoughts on Roman with, uh, with Willis teaming them up. Well, first of all, y'all can't listen because we said other than Belichick, who's a unicorn, and your guys are minding us that it's Belichick, Pete Carroll's a good shout, uh, but he's another unicorn in the sense that he came from college and succeeded in the NFL. We're increasingly seeing that it doesn't happen. You know, it's more of a failure than it is a success. That's the route that's intriguing to me because it seems like Greg Roman works his magic. He's done it now with Lamar Jackson and Tyler Huntley. Even when they, I think it's Josh Johnson, the third-string quarterback, he looked... Uh, adequate when he came into duty. That's a product of coaching, coaching, coaching. So you give a raw dual threat talent like Malik Willis to Greg Roman, let him work his magic and develop him. You have something there. If they want to go that route, I would get on board. All right. Zeus in the house. It's been a minute since the first face etched. You got to peer through the clouds. And once they part and the sun shines, you see that visage of Zeus McPeak, the first face etched in the MHH Mount Rushmore. Great to see you, bro. Hope the family's been well. Hope you had a great holiday season and a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Love you, buddy. Great seeing you. Howie frickin' day in the frickin' house. What's good? He says, do you guys think that the Broncos tank the game for a better pick in the draft or get this coaching staff out sooner? Um, I really don't think so. No, no. Oh, wants the Broncos to lose this game for the sake of, you know, it's like I argued on Twitter the other day from someone. I said, look, the notion of losing, you know, purposefully losing a game uh, in the NFL is repugnant, but would you rather have Patrick Sertan or a meaningless win over the chiefs? And the person on Twitter, I forgive me. I don't remember who it was, but, but, uh, there is no such thing as a meaningless win over a division opponent, Zach. I mean, depends how you feel about the draft. It depends how you feel about the coaching staff with Vic Fangio. If he wins this game, there is a chance that he can guarantee his return for 2022. So is that really worth it for a meaningless win over Kansas City, who can go on to win another title? Like, they really care about losing to the Broncos one time. You get a better draft pick. You maybe ensure that Vic Fangio's gone I mean, I don't see the downside to losing, but on the other hand, Howie, the answer to this question lies with Drew Locke. He was asked about now making the playoffs. He said it sucks. He's upset about it. It's disappointing, but we're professionals, and we have one more game left on the schedule. We're going to play that game and go out there and hopefully give it all we got. So they're going to play to win. Whatever happens, happens. Nunzi with another generous super. Thank you, bro. Brian Callahan. Read uh, read up on this guy. I haven't had this affinity for a coach since Kyle Shanahan was not hired. Yeah, Nunzi reached out to me and was like, come on, dude, let's let's talk Brian Callahan. And uh, for those of you who are wondering who that is, uh, he had, he played a big role, Zach, in the very successful season of the Bengals. Bengals. So if you want to chip off the old uh, – you know, go through the six degrees of separation, whatever, the Sean McVay block. Um, also the son of, of uh, Bruce Callahan, who was the coach that kind of picked up 
that great team that John Gruden built in Oakland back in uh, 03, 02, you know, that whole, his first tenure in Oakland before he got traded to Tampa Bay, Bruce Callahan took over and got the Raiders over the hump to that Super Bowl. And they, of course, lost to uh, Gruden's Bucks. But uh, one of the most renowned offensive line coaches in the NFL the past two decades, and this is his son. And now his son, Zach, has some real bona fides, right, as the offensive coordinator of the Joe Burrow Bengals. Although, you know, it's kind of similar, Zach. you got to wonder a little bit, similar to the whole uh, Eric B. Enemy, Andy Reid dynamic. Yeah, you wonder how much is is it that Joe Burrow is looking like the real deal decade-long franchise quarterback. Brian Callahan is certainly intriguing, and you can make the case that he's the Zach Taylor of this year's hiring cycle. Super young guy, super green guy, but super impressive guy. I don't know that George Payton would go out on that much of a leap. He might go for a first-time head coach, but maybe a little more proven like a Brian Dayball or Nathaniel Hackett, Kellen Moore, Brian Callahan. I see uh, CC said in the comments here he's a couple – coaching cycles away. I agree with that. I think he he can be a head coach. I don't think it's going to happen maybe this year or maybe not with the Broncos. Yeah, he doesn't call plays. So it's not a non-starter, but you wonder how much he does, honestly. Well, I mean, Between the Cincinnati Bengals website itself says that Zach Taylor has called the play since taking the job in 2019 for what it's worth. Travis Tarbox, sounds like when Joe Woods when he was our defensive coordinator, he uh, coordinator he kept saying it's an easy fix, yet it never got fixed. Yeah, man, don't bring me back to the Joe Woods days. That was such a disappointment because, you know, he was the secondary coach for the no-fly zone. Like, that was his baby, right? And the Broncos were fending off offers from other teams trying to swoop him because they viewed him as the successor to Wade Phillips. And they got what they wanted. And he was a categorical disappointment. In fact, there were multiple points during the Vance Joseph era where he actually dug the Broncos into a hole, Joe Woods defensively, and they came out at halftime and it was VJ calling the plays on defense. So where is he now? Cleveland, right? Or was in Cleveland? He was, yeah. I don't know where he's at now, but that was a categorical failure going from Wade Phillips to Joe Woods. What, What a disappointment that was. But what you said there about preaching about fixing things and never fixing them kind of sounds like preaching no death by inches and then dying every game by inches. I mean, sometimes this coach speak can be the death of you too. And maybe soon enough for uncle Vic. He is still currently the uh, defense coordinator under Kevin Stefanski for what it's worth. Uh, Colby can't even beat the Raiders in two years. I don't have much hope for Saturday. This is a good point. I mean, they did beat the Raiders uh, once last year, but they got swept this year, and both times by an interim special teams guy playing, playing head coach, and that's the ultimate indignity. There it is. Adding insult to that injury, Zach, is the fact that the first one came on the heels of, I mean, this was a team in utter turmoil, and they <laughs> had Mike Shanahan getting enshrined in the ring of that's fame. Right. Yeah, that's the game. That. You beat the freaking Raiders for your yeah. guy, man. I mean, the history that ex- and the beef that exists still to this day between Mike Shanahan and the Raiders as an organization, even though Al Davis has passed on from this mortal coil, you don't lose that game. And the Broncos not only lost that game, they did so in embarrassing fashion. That, to me, I mean, no, Vic hit the bricks. And this is a point uh, Thomas Hall made in an article just a couple of days ago that 
the number one thing you can talk about all the different issues Vic has talk about his fourth down calls, his defense is collapsing and all that. The bottom line is when the Broncos are faced with a big game and I understand in the NFL, every game's big, right? Small, small schedule means each game has the utmost importance, but in those critical moment games, Fangio's team, they never have been able to win those games ever. Not one time. Think of what, when you got to have it type win, when has Vic delivered that? He hasn't hit the bricks. I think the Steelers game in 2019 was Shelby. That could have been the last, I think it was Shelby, if I'm not mistaken. You mean or was the that the Will Parks in game? the end zone? Yeah, it was Shelby. Wasn't that was 18. Oh, it was 18? He's, even then, we can't think one time under <laughs> Vic Fangio. I mean, that's the sad part. His defense is just, it just doesn't ever close out games. And uh, Dude. That Will Parks hit, though, on that tight end. Legendary. On the goal line, Legendary. yeah. Love that Philly cross Will. the entire field. Freaking unstoppable object meets immovable force, whatever. I think I botched that. But uh, Rodney, what's good, big dog? How's it going, you guys? I wouldn't mind seeing Dan Quinn as our next head coach. Who knows who he will bring in as the OC? We know who he had when he was with the Falcons. Hashtag mile high salute. Yeah, that's the thing. If you were to hire a Dan Quinn, or a defensive-minded guy to be head coach. You just have to nail the offensive coordinator higher. And, um, you know, I would be at least semi-optimistic, Zach, that this time around, because it's George Payton, maybe that changes. But I just I, – I think you would be – you would be flying in the face of what the football gods are literally telegraphing to all teams right now, it's about offense, stupid, right? It's like in politics when they say, when you're trying to figure out what matters most to the American voter, it's always the economy, stupid. Well, guess what? It's always the offense now, stupid. So don't be that rebel. Don't try and be that punk rocker that wants to reinvent the wheel. Go with what you see is working in the league. Find a guy who's at the top of that freaking chain and get her done. And that's why I think the Broncos have the right man in the front office and George Payton, who's very pragmatic, unlike John Elway, who took a gamble on Vance Joseph. When you have Kyle Shanahan versus Vance Joseph and you go so against the grain to hire VJ and then double down with Vic Fangio, that's not appealing to the current trends of the NFL. The only case you can make if they hire Dan Quinn as DC that he gets an up-and-coming OC like Mike Kafka, for example. But I would prefer my head coach, the next head coach of the Broncos, to call his own plays. And that seems to be the growing trend, starting with Shanahan and McVay as well. They can pull double duty. They can develop quarterbacks on top of that. That's the way to go. That's where the wind is blowing in this day and age. Yes, indeed. You know, back to, this is Jeremy uh, Black Knight saying, look, I would rather lose this game against the Chiefs and get the draft pick than win and risk injuring our players. On that subject, you know, the better part of me agrees, Zach, but I also wonder what a win over the Chiefs and snapping that streak, what kind of momentum that could give this team uh, going into 2022. Zero. I, I, I'm, I'm not a believer in momentum carrying over from season to season. It's, it's one thing from week to week, game to game, but different coaching staff for, if they win this game and fire Vic, does it really going to matter the momentum from this game? I mean, maybe on the bulletin board for their own pride, but in the long-term interests of the franchise, it's one more L you've taken so many this year. What's one more for the betterment draft pick coaching staff and future of the organization? Kevin Peterson, what's going on, brother? 
my mom is 75 and wants to come out of retirement and replace Fangio. Let's give her a shot. Can't be worse. My great aunt wants to be a special teams coach. I bet she has more fire than Vic Fangio, for one. Probably. Uh, Diamond Rattler, good to see you, my friend. Uh, Diamond says, my pop died in March. I was wishing the Broncos would win this season. Now, I don't know. Well, I'm sorry to uh, yeah, that's terrible. Sorry to hear that, my friend. Lost my mom when uh, she was only 56. Losing a parent, there's no way to prepare for it. There's no – you just go through it, and it sucks. It sucks. So my thoughts uh, and support go to you, my friend. But he'll, you know, he'll he'll look over the Broncos and hopefully at better days ahead very very soon this year. We appreciate you sharing Diamond and uh, our condolences. By the way, Diamond, I'm still on the lookout for a Demarius Thomas jersey. No lie, since you won that giveaway, you know, and I probably should have recognized. I probably should have done my research before I said hey, we're giving away a Demarius Thomas jersey today. But. I didn't. It just didn't occur to me that they would be completely out of stock and that the NFL um, merch sites would be trying to freaking completely exploit holiday shoppers on their pricing. I'm just waiting for it to come down a little bit, and then we'll just do a custom uh, jersey and get that shipped out to you. Andrew Baker, we should just bench our key players. We've had enough ridiculous injuries as it is. Hashtag MHH for life. Appreciate the stars, bro. Um how worried are you about that very issue, Zach? You know, guys getting injured in a finale, meaningless finale. I mean, imagine if Patrick Sertan goes out there and, God forbid, snaps an Achilles, and then he starts the next season on PUP or IR. I mean, all for what? For Vic to save his job or for Vic to polish up his resume by finally beating Kansas City? I'm kind of worried about that. I'm not going to lie. I don't advocate benching the players. I just cross my fingers that the injury bug takes one week off from the Broncos. Amen. From your lips to the ears of the football gods. Naj Altaf in the house. What's going on, bro? Thank you for that very generous super chat. He says, hey, brothers, before the season, Pro Football Focus rated the Bronco roster t- uh, 10 in the league. You think they are way off? Are we as fans delusional? Are the stars on this team underperforming? Or is it as simple as poor game plans and ding, coaching? Ding, ding. I got to attribute it to two main things, coaching and quarterback. But I still maintain, here we are, you know, sitting here in week, uh, entering week 18, Zach, and I still think that the Broncos would have been better off just rolling with Drew. Teddy's your emergency guy. If Drew gets hurt and let those chips fall, you would have been able to get more production, I think, out of the very people you're talking about now, Naj, those players that PFF was so excited about. Um, defensively, this team has not lived up to expectations. And by expectations, I simply mean to the potential of its players, of its component parts. I mean, highest paid defense in the league when the season started, that did change when Vaughn got traded away. All right. They, they were no longer uh, number one, they're two or three or something like that. Either way, from Justin Simmons to Kareem, to the cornerback talent, uh, to the rush linebackers, talking about Bradley Chubb, talking about the defensive line. They're, this is just a team that's been squandered under incompetent coaching. And that might be a little harsh saying incompetent. Let's just say in over their heads coaching. Any Chappelle show fans out there? Five greatest rappers of all time. Dylon, 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 and Dylon. Well, three reasons for the Broncos downturn this year. Coaching, 
coaching, coaching. It really is simple as that. We all can agree the Broncos have a playoff caliber roster. We all can agree the coaching is the main culprit as to why, yet again, they're not going to the playoffs. Even with Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback, or Drew Locke for that matter, even with injuries and CV racking the roster, this should have been a playoff team. If the Broncos had a different set of coaches, offensive coordinator, head coach, and special teams coordinator specifically, they could have been a 10-win team very, very easy. So yeah, I agree with PFF. Uh, top 10, maybe pushing it. I'd, be, I'd say top 12, but regardless, that's still a playoff team in today's NFL. I'm just not sure about ranking any roster top 10 that doesn't have a bona fide franchise quarterback, to be Fair. frank. Um, and anytime we get the question about, what about Josh McDaniels, Nico, no offense, I, I feel like you're trolling us. I, I really do when people ask us that question. That is so – he's literally the last guy on the planet Earth that would ever get a look from the Denver Broncos, ever. Trey Mint, thank you for that super chat. Newer name, so welcome. Appreciate you. Emmanuel Sanders said it back then, living in a world of suck. Fangio can't leave soon enough. Yes, indeed. The Broncos have, you know, terraformed a – little planet that was out floating in the football universe and they terraformed it into this world of suck. And Vic Fangio is the guy with the, the, the finger, right? Doing this, like playing, playing God, get him out, get him out. It's time to start over, baptize that, that world of suck with fire. Okay. And, and start from the beginning. You hear that Elon come save us as well. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, yeah, but you know what's funny about Sanders? He's playing in Buffalo now, still performing at a high level and playing opposite Isaiah McKenzie, who the Broncos had and gave up on. I understand because of the punt returns, but as a wide receiver or gadget player, he's proven to be quite the weapon for Josh Allen. So you wonder what could have been with the Broncos, and you wonder how badly. You don't really wonder, but you know now, like Emmanuel Sanders said back then, because these players are still performing at a high level and they have so much talent, what it could have been with better coaching. Hashtag squandered. Isaiah's. Isaiah's? Estrella Jr., welcome. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate you. MHH, we are everywhere. Me gusta. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate that very much. Where are you, by the way? I'm curious where you're at in the world. Uh, Mile High Kid again. Wow, thanks, buddy. You guys are the best. Keep up the great work. Thank you. You're a prince. Keep joining um, us. Albert says, I don't believe that... Momentum should take precedence either. It is the last game of the season and next season, uh, season, many different coaches and players. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, the more you think about that, the more I think you're hundred percent right that that's a very overrated thing. You know, um, there's a few exceptions of like all time, great teams that you could maybe point to like those NFL teams that have repeated as world champs, like parlaying, momentum into the next season but it's so impossible to quantify and define and especially for a team like the broncos that are ostensibly zach going to be undergoing so many massive changes this spring from the coaching staff to likely quarterback to you know how much could that really serve you probably not much yeah, I was going to say there's some utility to it if you have continuity among your team, your coaching staff and your players, but when you're going to fire your head coach and change your quarterback and a lot of the personnel, I mean, I don't see how much that can benefit the Broncos next year. All right, guys, we are at 49 minutes. We're about to bounce on out of here. So let me just make sure we're not leaving anybody 
behind. Uh, Jeremy wants to know, and then we'll probably get out of here just a little bit early. Uh, are any of you guys worried about George Payton bringing people from the Vikings? So it would depend on who you're talking about. Cause I like the idea of Mike Zimmer. If you can get him as a coordinator for like a first time head coach, uh, Kellen Moore, Brian Dayball, uh, Kevin O'Connell, Brian Callahan, and you, and you team him up with a very t- long tenure defensive guy who also has head coach management experience. I think that would be wise. Uh, Gary Kubiak's boy, currently the offensive coordinator there, similar to Brian Callahan, needs more time in the incubator. Needs another couple years to prove his bona fides. Not someone I would like to see George Payton seriously consider. So to me, Zach, it's really Mike Zimmer, and that's about all that probably reasonably you'll see George Payton considering on any level. I don't want Clint Kubiak, yeah. And uh, the thing with Zimmer is I, I, getting him in a package deal with a Kellen Moore, or Brian Dayball, Nathaniel Hackett, et cetera, et cetera, I can get on board with that. But I see a little bit, personality-wise, of Vic Fangio in Mike Zimmer. And, I, you know, I just, I'm, I'm so tired of that old, old man yells at cloud approach, you know. The one thing I like that I think that's different, though, between Mike and Vic is if if something's there that needs said, Mike Zimmer, you'll see him say it. You'll see him get fired up. You'll see him um, <laughs> not necessarily rah rah sisk boom ba. That's not necessarily what I'm saying, but like, you know, he's the boss, and you can feel that. And he, as you know, he kind of exudes, I guess, Zach, for lack of a better term, accountability. People maybe a little bit more on their toes. Listen to this. <laughs> Listen to issues. Today I'm watching live from Hong Kong. In mandatory quarantine, mandatory, thank God, thank God I don't live in a place where I am uh, unilaterally mandated to do something. Yeah. So prayers up for you, my friend. And, I mean, think about it. Western countries like Australia. Did you hear about that dude that, well, I don't even want to get this into politics. Sneezed on an elevator and they came after him? The immolation dude in uh, Australia in protest of the lockdowns, it was freaking brutal anyway last one andrew baker sucks yes authoritarianism sucks fascism sucks andrew do we keep drew lock draft a vet uh me thinks they should vet happenings me thinks they should draft or a vet oh i get i get it now okay um What's your take on this, Zach? And then uh, do the rundown to get us on out of here, and I'll pull up Facebook. Well, let me just say, now that you, you talk about that with Mike Zimmer, it, it, did you see what he said after the game, last week's game, about <laughs> playing Kellen Mond, his second-round rookie quarterback? He gave him, I think, one series and then turned back to, I can't even remember who started the game, uh, Sean Mannion, who's so unimpressive. And he was asked after the game, uh, did you want to see Kellen Mond? And Mike Zimmer, uh, totally matter-of-fact, goes, no. And then he's asked why he goes because I see him every day. It's just, it's just that's, I, I do like I do like that uh, that kind Dead of man. I don't know yeah it's just a little more than Fangio gives. But in terms of Drew, Lock, I, he's the only quarterback under contract for twenty two. I would bring him back at minimum as a backup. He has NFL experience. I think he's still growing. He has confidence right now. He wants to be a starter though, Chad. He talked about that today. He he was very outward about that. He goes. Uh, you give me a full week to prep, and I can win a damn football game for you. In other words, and that's that's not, doesn't sound like the Drew Locke of 2019 or 2020. He's growing up fast, so I don't know that he'd want to come back as a backup. But I bring him back for sure. My first inclination is to go after 
Aaron Rodgers and stick your beak into the Russell Wilson quarterback market. And my second inclination is to draft a quarterback and hope for the best. Hope you scouted the right guy, whether it be Malik Willis or Matt Corral, Kenny Pickett, and you have the right head coach to bring him along. Guys, that's going to do it for uh, tonight. Jermaine says, Jim Harbaugh, Tyler Huntley solves all problems. I don't know. No. But guys, we'll be it back doesn't. tomorrow night for uh, the head-to-head, right? We'll take a look at the final Do head-to-head of to? the season and uh, gouge our eyes out in the process. It'll be a gas. We want to see you there. But um, I'll pull up Facebook here. Yeah, that was the Huddle Up podcast, guys. Until we see you tomorrow for the Week 18. can't believe it's last week of the regular season. That's crazy how it flies so fast every year. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Huddle Up Pod. You can follow the main account on Twitter for all your Broncos news analysis, Black Monday information, and more at Mile High Huddle. You can follow Chad on Twitter at Chad and Jensen. You can follow myself at Kelberman NFL. Follow Scott on Twitter at Scout Kennedy. And if you haven't, go to HuddleUpPod.com right now. Get yourself. These are so comfortable, guys. These beanies. Coaching, coaching, coaching shirts. We got trucker hats. We got coffee mugs. We got all this type of good stuff. HuddleUpPod.com. And if you haven't, Facebook.com slash Huddle. Hit that big blue button. Become a supporter. You get instant access to our VIP programming, including Kelberman's Corner, Broncos Book Club, and Trickle Zone each and every week. I promise you guys it's worth every penny. Five bucks a month. It's like nothing. You get everything. Facebook.com slash Pod. Like that page and follow that page. And if you haven't, if you want a beanie or a hat or anything else, we give away swag each and every month, but you have to go to Apple Podcasts and leave your football priest a five-star review to put your name into the hat. But if you can't do those things, do these three things. It takes a few seconds, guys. Subscribe, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHH channel. Helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you. Yes, indeed, as Dylan Von Arch says here. And by the way, Dylan brought up a good point. I talked to him today. Do you guys want us to create a Mile High Huddle Discord? We've talked about it. We've thought about it once or twice in the not-too-distant past, but if that's something you guys feel like you'd like, if you know what it is, you'll have an answer here. If you don't know what it is, go take a look, research it. We're thinking about it. We're pondering it for 2022. Let us know. Um, appreciate you, Dylan. Let me pull up Facebook, guys. Here's a shout-out to these great super supporters over on Facebook. Much love and respect. Two, Rodney Garcia at the top, Howie Frickin' Day, Andrew Baker, Miguel, Colby C. Collier. Uh, we got uh, Travis Tarbox in the hizzy, Pete Middleton, Nico Perdic, let me see, Perdicacus, Perdicacus, Nico Perdicacus. Nice. Mike, Mike Reno and Jacob Foster. Plus, we would be remiss if we did not shout out our Super Chat superstars, Mile High Kid 1, Trey Mint, Naj Altaf, Diamond Rattler, Kevin Peterson, Nunzi, Zeus himself, Stu Meat, Silent One, the Duchess Michaela, Wade Kimball. Love and respect each and every one of you. We'll see you tomorrow. Take care, guys. And as always, go Broncos. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.